Give me some fingers, kid. <laughs> Welcome to the Dope and Tape show, everybody. I don't know why, like, every time I, I bring it up, like, I gotta fix my hair, like, my chair or something, like, I gotta get ready. But, uh, welcome everybody to the show. We're live on YouTube. If you're listening, uh, later, uh, we appreciate you tuning in. This is gonna be fun. This is gonna be a little bit different. Uh, this is something that, uh, that I really enjoy. I haven't had a chance to really talk about it, but the sales and project management aspect to fire protection on the service company side. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get into it. We have Justin Harrison. He's from California. He's, uh, he's been in a field guy. His story I would say is, is decently comparable to mine. It started in the field and then now he's doing sales and project management. So thank you so much, Justin, for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate you taking some time to come talk to us. Yeah, man. Absolutely, man. I just, I'm grateful for the opportunity just to kind of hang out with you guys and, uh, I like what you guys are doing here and it's cool that somebody's finally shedding light on our industry. You know what I mean? And it's, I, I don't, I haven't seen anything else out there kind of like this. So, uh, when I saw you guys, I just was like, man, I got to reach out to them because, you know, I just support what you do to the fullest, man. And it's, it's cool to, you know, you guys are highlighting different professionals and stuff around yeah. the industry and stuff and just honored to be a part of them. Man. Awesome. So Appreciate many people that. have, they have great stories. You know, like how they got into the trade in their life and how also how it kind of molded them to be who they are now, you know, because it's yeah. not the easiest thing to do to go hang pipe, you know, and or even yeah. in sales. And it it it's sometimes, you know, a lot of times and I think the people listening will understand and agree to this. But a lot of times fire sprinkler, just because the fact is typically you do not. You do not apply to a fire sprinkler company. You usually get brought in by somebody. Someone's like, hey, come and yeah. come check this out. Come over here. And usually, For sure. usually it saves people's lives, this industry. Yeah. And oh, they get sure. into mm -hmm. it and they're like, it completely changed my life and turned me, turned my whole life around. And now I'm a foreman. I'm a general foreman. Now I do sales. Now I fell in love with engineering. Now I'm doing right. drawings and it completely flipped everything around. Shit, we got 494 yeah. subscribers. Let's go. Nice. We're almost there, there baby. To the yeah, big five. That was like 10 overnight or something. Yeah, probably. I'm, just, I'm, just trying, I'm just trying to share it everything. Letting everybody know that we're not on Twitch again. I don't know. We can't figure the Twitch out. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Twitch people. Yeah. Get on YouTube. Hey, Justin, would you say that you know some people that or even yourself where you got in the fire sprinkler industry and and once that person brought you in or brought in someone else it changed their life yeah dude you know i i uh i worked with a couple guys that came straight out of prison it was like their first job the only thing that they had ever done was sell drugs you know what i mean running the streets yeah. and then all of a sudden they get passionate about a trade and uh you know they started doing good at it became a foreman you know what i mean it just kind of set the tone for them to uh, you know, for the rest of their life to kind of go a different path rather than, you know, the street life they was into before. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, I don't I can't think you can say that. Do I? Sorry to cut you I, off. Yeah, no, I can't say that for myself. Like I wasn't, you know, a thug or nothing or, you know, right, I, right. I think I got into more trouble probably after I became a fitter. <laughs> but, you know, it actually started in the army a little bit. But, yeah, but there's, you know, there, it definitely some people just kind of latch on to it, you know, and I think it's, uh, it's something that whether it's sprinklers or 
you know, electrical trade, plumbing, HVAC, whatever, you know, as long as they get into something and apply themselves, you know, it can definitely change the whole course of, of their life, you know, so I believe in it for Bradley, sure. Bradley, Ferencio, what up? Yeah. Thanks for joining us. So I, I think that this fire sprinkler industry saves more lives just be for the fact that you always get brought in. And the reason why I say that the other trades, typically they have a, a written rule on apprenticeship and typically, you know, like everybody knows the other trades. So you go to yeah. apply so you can have your stuff together, go to apply and everything. And then, and then you're there, but up, Kenny? I feel like the fire sprinklers truly is like, Hey, you see someone, you know, that has, a, we talked about it on Tuesday. The guy has a great attitude um he works at you know this place i want to bring him in you know and then yeah. it takes out that job into something that's a career and it completely changes everything not saying that he's the he or she is in a bad spot just saying that as a whole it opens up so many more doors and i'm and i'm really appreciated to be a part of that as well and the we wanted to start this show to you know tread light on the industry because right now you know people are not just applying you're still being brought in and we want to change that we want to be into high schools we want to be in you know we want counselors to be talking about the fire protection right. trade Corlin, what up electricians and you know welders but also fire protection yeah i mean most people don't even like i never even knew what a sprinkler was until i started doing sprinklers you know what i'm saying i never seen one oh, it is for life. most people oh, yeah Forgot, right. forgotten forgotten about trade. Most. and now i ask my wife the only thing i do at first time i walk in a building that's the only thing i'm doing is looking up at the sky all the yeah. time oh, my wife look. will start looking with me she already knows you let's know, see but, that hat what do you got dirty water clean money sprinkler life yeah. everybody everybody knows about money. sprinkler life that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, the, o, the OG on Instagram. Yeah. Did you see the shirt too? I got this. Since we're redefining everything, this is a cordless hole puncher. Not oh, a, I yeah. like that. Cordless <laughs> hole puncher. <laughs> That's wicked good. Oh, <laughs> shit. We have, uh, we, have, guys, we have a good portion of Canada, uh, of Canada people, and they uh, they just yeah. don't understand that the two way <laughs> thing makes no sense to them whatsoever. They're probably hating on us right now. <laughs> I know. I don't like, even... They just don't they don't know why we need it, you know, until like you go and visit Brian in Atlanta and you're like ducking shots. Yeah, oh, dude, yeah. I know. I'm Bring one if America you come to Atlanta. Check in it. your bag. That's yep. it. <laughs> so sure, speaking of like someone bringing you in into to the trade, so did you start out out of high school in fire protection or what was kind of your path? No, so okay, I uh, I went into the army uh, right like a week after uh, I graduated high school. Went into uh, mechanized infantry, uh, did that for a few years, and then uh, got out. Went to to Reno for a, a brief bit and did you know a bunch of shenanigans over there. And uh, my dad, my dad actually was a pipe fitter in the oil refineries for twenty five years, and then. I can't remember if something happened and uh, he ended up getting out of that and then got into sprinklers in 98, I think. And uh, wow. he happened to jam me up, you know, when I was kind of ready to leave Reno anyway and said, Hey, we got a job offer and it's a company out of Roseville. And he was new in the sprinkler side, but he was already running work and stuff. And he brought me over. I was his apprentice for, for a couple months. And, uh, it that's kind of where it all started for me is is you know 
he brought me over. I was ready to make a change and I was hungry. And, you know, I think I got uh, maybe a sort of an unfair advantage in the sense that he's my dad and he let me do some things early on that most companies aren't going to let you do. Like my first day, we're on this, uh, I still remember it, uh, Western Insulation was a TI in Modesto. And uh, we were doing a rough in and then doing dropping the hard lid heads and stuff. And uh, we had one of those little one man genie lifts go up through the T bar and stuff. And he let me go up on that thing, drill my first saddle, wrenching an arm over, hang it, pipe the rough drop, everything my first day in the trade. And so I got to kind of do some things early on that, you know, your average person isn't so going to get the opportunity. That's how you learn quick. You just get fed right up, right. get up well, there and do it. So, yeah, dude, it happened fast because I was working for him a couple of months, just, you know, fabbing for him and stuff. And when I was done cutting pipe, I'd go help him install it. Uh, when we were working on TIs and stuff. And then we just so happened to be on this uh, American Furniture Galleries in Roseville. It's a 250-head uh, rough NTI. And we had started it. I think we'd been out there a week or something. And um, I'm two and a half months in. And then we got this other guy who's, a, a, you know, even greener than me. He just started. And uh, my dad got a call that this other foreman of ours had just got kicked off the job. He was running like 20 minutes away. So my dad's like, I got to go run this thing. You're going to have to do this, <laughs> you know? So I'm, I had a, a, I think I was driving a Honda Accord at the time. Didn't have no truck. We were locking our machine up inside. And from that day on, it was, I was calling, putting the system on test every morning, draining down, you know, roughing in, drilling saddles, piping drops. I mean, you name it. I did, I did uh, fill up and forget to put a plug in one time on that one. and, wow. and do it. I do only douche the pile of sheetrock that was stacked on the ground. It didn't hurt me other than that. That was like one of my very few flood stories. But um, but so it kind of started there where, you know, I'm I'm doing this every day. And like I said, I'm, I'm as green as you, you can get, right? And um, so when that job was done, they like gave me a, a, you know, a $2 raise in my 90 days, I think. And then they threw me on this uh, warehouse in Stockton. This little small one, me and another guy. And I started that, worked there for a month or two, and then um, I got a call from my my boss, and he said, hey, we have this job coming up in Fresno. It's a 400,000-square-foot warehouse and then 216,000 uh, all ESFR and a fire pump. He's like, and I'm going to give you your dad's old truck, and you're going to run it. So I'm like six months in at this point, literally. like holy crap are you kidding me and so uh but i mean we'd already been pretty much everything i'd done to that point was ti's and warehouses and stuff we were big into uh, you know high pile storage and things like that and so that was it they sent me down there and he said hey you're gonna be i know it's gonna be overwhelming it's, you're gonna see concrete and steel for a mile and freak out but <laughs> it's 11 identical systems just look at it that way which is that's kind of how i did and uh and so we just started plugging away, man, every day, you know, just stuffing pipes and hangers, doing our thing. And uh, I was able to do the whole job. I brought my dad out um, to stack my risers because I wasn't sure how we tied them up with the rope and use the lift and all that to get them up there. And so he showed me how to do that, showed me how to lay everything out. Uh, I think we were doing uh, gate valves with um, wall PIVs at the time. So he showed me how to lay all that stuff out and, um, 
yeah, man, I, I, I did one with them and then I did the rest of them. And then he came back uh, when it was time to build a pump. But uh, aside from that, it was me, a guy who had three months less experience than me. And then a couple guys that were a couple years in that were like in their forties. And I was running the job over them, which was uncomfortable, but they took it well. And that's how that was, the rest was history, man. I've been running jobs ever since that was back in, um, what was that? That was December of 2000. And, I, I've dealt with that all my whole career being the young guy, uh, running the yeah, job. Like right? always like the youngest guy. Me too. Yeah, man. And I just got opportunities after opportunities. And I was a young buck and we were, you know, the culture at that place for us was like, we were, uh, we were always racing each other and we were, we'd be on in a warehouse on lifts together and we're seeing who can get. Uh, which that's the same, bro. That's how we were yeah. when I started. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I feel like in the union, nobody's doing that. Well, right it's here. against that's the, it's like against the rules and you're not allowed to count pieces and you're not allowed to count hangers. And, you know, even though everybody does, you're not supposed to, but in the non-union man in a warehouse would be fitting up like a Walmart or something. Like I am putting yeah. up more sticks than the guy to the right of me every For time, sure. man. <laughs> It was all a race, man. That's Heat what off that shit. We were talking crap, and then my dad's on a lift, and it's me and my. I brought my best friend Josh over a year and a half after I started. He's still doing sprinklers today. Probably the only guy that I got into the trade that's still doing it. Um, but you know, my dad would be talking all his trash. I think he was forty-five at the time or something. And I'm, you know, twenty-one or whatever, and, and it was just every day. It was just the was, know, he, was Pop was, smoking you? Uh, he in his mind, he thinks he was. He's like, I'm keeping up all you kids. Uh, you, know, you know how they are the older they get, the better, yeah, they right. Are. I was only going half throttle. <laughs> no, he was good though. Pops was good. He, he, I, I'll, I'll give it to him, man. Like, he, uh, he was fast, and I don't, he, he tried to talk like he was better than me and my buddy Josh together when he was on a lift by himself, and I'm like. You ain't driving the lift and st stabbing two and a half inch pipe by yourself faster than we can with the guy driving, lifting up the front, never stopping, and the guy in the back just chucking it, chucking it. I was like, you have to stop every time. We don't. You're not faster than that. So he tried to talk crap like he did, but and then I found out from my uh, my stepmom at the time that he was just wrecked after that. Like he'd talk all big and bad and go home and whine and cry. Shirt, you know. Oh, trying to keep up. It's good to be, I'm yeah. super competitive. So it's just, it's good to be, sure. I think it's good to be, it's friendly competition, I would say, you know? Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's just, you're pushing each other, kind of making, making each other better. And it, it led to a, a really productive crew. You know what I mean? We were all young fitters and hungry. And, and so it's like, I wanted to do the biggest, baddest jobs they had. And, you know, we got into, uh, we were doing a lot of, uh, you guys heard of quell systems yeah so there at the time there was only three of those three companies on the west coast that did those uh we were the only one in northern california and so we got into doing those and uh i did the first one in california down in uh, wilmington uh it's called union ice is actually right next to long beach and uh for a while this was my claim to fame like most people don't care, but you know, when uh, Tyco would have those like brochures and stuff for different things, you'll have like a picture on the front and then there'll be, you know, kind of a narrative of, you know, breakdown or whatever it is. So they had their quill uh, brochure and the picture of the freezer aisle that was on there was my freezer. And I actually knew it as soon as I seen it. And I asked my boss, I was like, Hey, 
that's unionizing, and he called, he double checked with uh, Tyco and verified that it was. So that was what, like, you, hey, what no. are you saying? Coil, quell, quell, Q U E L L. Tyco makes it. It's it was Tyco's answer to the antifreeze ESFR system. So remember how that got all recalled? Those we actually had the last operational antifreeze system um, in the country that was used for high poly storage. And, well, that's uh, pretty new. It's a pretty new it's, system. It was. I think I did this first one um, in 2008, and so, um, but it was you know it's we did it all basically. It was like compound tree systems where you'd have usually eight inch risers, and you're running like a main feed like an eight inch feed and then there'd be three or four six inch feeds coming off of this way with shorter two and a half inch or three inch lines and so it was just bigger pipe always a compound tree setup uh it used an ultra k17 upright which was basically just through 16.8 k standard freaking you know three quarter 286 uh tyco upright but they called it something special it basically did the same thing as the one you could buy commercially but yeah, the cloud system also uses a deluge valve too. yeah so it used the tyco db5 deluge valve um and that that would be all your water trim would be there and then you'd have the regular tyco check on top of that and that would be your air from the check valve up and so it made it like super well easy you know it me. man you're you're on that you're exactly right you must have done <laughs> yeah. a lot of them oh i did uh, i did like it's like it has this, this and this i'm like yeah you're right you're fucking right there <laughs> kid. Like 15 or 16 of those systems i think and uh it got to be like that was my thing you know we were traveling all over the western states installing those uh nevada utah southern california washington um you name it like arizona i think i mean and then now to this day that company they they go all over the country and build them um but i was like kind of at the ground floor of that and, are you looking uh, at it bry i am looking at it <laughs> Yo, what up to the chat? Matt, Tommy, Chad, Corlin, Wayne, Eric. They're great Amy, too because sometimes Florencio's at like school. That, no phones. Um, Tell shit. Screen share us to the TV, dog. This is fucking. Yeah, there you go. This is sprinkler fitting class right here. You guys aren't. You guys aren't doing anything. Come on. <laughs> These systems, uh, the quail from Tyco, it also doesn't. You won't get trapped air or high. For the uh, sometimes that you know, like on those deluge systems, you'll get trapped hair, and then it'll stay in a long arm. Like this system, because of the check above it, it really helps out um, with that. And they're they're great, they're great. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of the same as um, anything else. You still have to prove that it can make the inspector's test in what's it, sixty seconds or something like that. And uh, and so they were big on you know in cold storages because they allowed you to store. Hell, I, I think now you can go up to 50 feet or 45 feet or something with no interact sprinklers. Um, now they have a, uh, it's a, what the heck is it called? A 34K factor sprinkler that's inch and a quarter. It's freaking huge. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's freaking this big, bro, straight up. And so they use those and they're on the buildings that are 50 something feet tall. And it's they kind of do like a surround and drown effect where enough heads are going off around the fire to where it just completely swallows it and puts it out. So that was why they were so, you know, uh, you guys have probably dealt with NRAC sprinkler systems and, you know, the headaches that those are. And, you know, the end user can't stand them because yeah. people are in them with forklifts and 
they're always a pain in the butt. So people always wanted to pay for them. You know what I mean? And so it was a lot of good, a lot of good videos always coming from some rack systems. Oh dude. Fundamentals of true leadership. Is that what you're learning Florencio? What makes a good leader? Someone who doesn't think that everybody is, uh, the same as him. Right. You got a leader that thinks like everybody should be fucking equal. And that's just not a thing. You know, everybody's better. And can also take criticism. Oh right. yeah, for sure. I think I think one of the other key traits is somebody who's gonna reach down and lift their people up and not lord over them or roll with an iron fist. You know, somebody that's gonna get down and show them by by you know your actions how to do this or that or whatever. Instead of just talking about it, they actually be about it and drill the you know, first and, shield. I think if your foreman started the day every day and he drilled the first shield, how would you react? Right? He's like, "Come on, it's time to go, kid." And you just get up there and just just get it going. Yeah. Make it I mean, happen. It's, it's uh, I think I, I was never the type 90. that would talk all the trash and not show them how to do it. You know what I mean? I would get in there and I was, I, I valued teaching people because that's how my dad was. And that's how that was kind of the culture at the first company I was with. They were real big on training people. Right. And so, cause without the next generation, what, you know, what are we even doing here? Cause we ain't going to last forever. Right? Got to spread so, the knowledge. You can't hold it hostage. Exactly. And I feel like, that I'm glad I'm glad I learned from like the crusty old fitters back in the day because you just don't I don't see that as much now I feel like most people nowadays are just using their apprentices to cut them all thread and be a gopher and this and that and you're not giving these kids like an opportunity to really learn and grow and you know what I mean they're like oh he's only a you know a third level apprentice he ain't good I want to I want to cut the rod you go fucking put the pipe in I'll watch like put the the apprentice up there watch him critique them tell them exactly what to do grab this put your hand here drill it there and you just guide them and then and then what it's easier for me right i see guys go up in in a they're doing a ti right they're you know you're doing finished work arm overs and drops and they're go up in the tile that they're trying to drop the head in and they're they're (laughs) like this and they're they're trying to wrench and i'm like dude you're making it so hard ladder positioning it's got to be like one of the most important things Get in the other tile, go at arm's length away. You'll have all the leverage in the world. That's you're it. out of your way. You know what I mean? And so it's those little things that if you don't teach people, a lot of times they're not going to figure it out on their own, or they might be doing it the hard way and sure they'll get it done, but they're struggling in the process or they're not very productive, you know, and you show them these little things and it's going to make them better. It makes, you know, you, you as a team better. It makes, you know, the company better. It's better for everybody. Right. And so everybody's better. Yep. <laughs> There's a lot of that crap. Like I, I don't know if it's a California Bay Area thing, but it seems like just the there isn't much in the way of training anymore. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, even in the non-union, I've, I've, oh, this is only the first union company I've ever worked for. I'm obviously non-union, but um, even even in the non-union stuff, I feel like people are just are not set up to be well-rounded fitters anymore. They're just uh, they're pipe installers. If that, if I could say it, that's about the best way I could say it. Good, bad, or indifferent, whether your plan sucks or not, they're installing it just like that. Whether oh, it's approved, that's the way they show it. And I'm like, dude, but you, you know, you'll have. So we did this. Here's an example. We did a, a storage a storage building. It was three stories, um, you know, self storage, and um, the designer laid out their their corridor lines and then the heads inside the units is like these little kind of locker deals and so there's these little five by five units on top of a 
a kind of a locker on top of a, a unit on the bottom. And he thought the partition went all the way up. Well, they didn't. And so all those heads were four foot six apart. And the fitter put them all in like that. And I'm like, dude, you don't know what a cold, cold solder is? You don't know <laughs> six feet? I'm like, you learned that early on, you know? And uh, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, just because they got approved that way doesn't mean it's right, you know? And I, I came to the school thought of, uh, my design always sucked and it did and I felt I used it as a guideline and so it taught me to be a good fitter because I always had to pick up the slack of the designer because they never did a good job Damn, we always and had I, good design I always had good design yeah see I never did and so I felt like it I'm but I'm glad I didn't because it made me a better fitter I was always troubleshooting and problem problem solving and you yeah, know I what I mean like, doing things that like I felt like Something, some guy at the last company I was with made a good point. He said, you could have a great design and mediocre fitters and be okay because they're not thinking that much. They're just following your plan. Or you can have a crap design, but you need a really good fitter to pick up the slack. But you can't have both. You don't want a crap design and a crappy fitter because then they screw it all the way around, right? But if you had one or the other, it would kind of, uh, you'd, it'd kind of pick up the slack on the other end there. So I was always of the camp that our design sucked and uh, we had to figure it out. And so uh, I was, I'm glad that I got that experience though. But it seems like anymore though, these guys just, they don't have the problem solving skills. They're not thinking ahead. They're not saying like, hey, uh, that's a problem. Hey, this is missing. That's missing. That's too far from the deck. That's it's crazy. How you can quickly identify and solve problems. Like, you know, you well, gotta be able to, dude, you gotta be able to solve it quick and identify yeah. it. I, yeah, I, I always, every time I was on the job, so when I got the chance to be a superintendent some back years back, I think it was like 2016, I would walk around and I was, all I did was look for problems. I was looking, Hey, that hanger's loose. Uh, that's over space. The head's missing that brace is too far from the end of the pipe, whatever it is, I was looking for it because if I'm looking for it, that means I'm going to find it before the inspector finds it. That's it. You know what I mean? And so it taught me to see it. I had these other guys are always like running around the job sites with blinders on, you know, all they have following that print, even with good yeah, prints, they, you still got to always pay attention. They got. Yeah. They got what's right in front of them and that's it. They don't see nothing. No, Chad's got no us on the 65. Let's go. Eric says 90. Does that mean you got us on the 90 inch? I like that. I'm, Wayne says lead by know. example. Yeah. Roland says the ability to listen and always wanting to learn more. What up, George? Amen. Florencio wants to know if you'd ever venture out if you ever ventured out to San Diego or San Diego. Me? Yeah, you. No, I uh so I'm in Northern California. Uh I I've worked in most of the time here it's like Sacramento, the Bay Area, within kind of a few hour range of the bay area but i've worked in uh, long beach i've worked in palm springs um and then like yuma arizona and then las vegas and then salt lake city and washington I've what's up with been... D what's up with dz's garage dz's garage yeah in the bay area Every time I hear oh, Bay Area, I think of the, I think of this guy that I follow oh, on Instagram I, that fucking builds know, Mustangs. <laughs> DZ Garage in the Bay Area. I, I think I've shouted him out before. Last time someone said Bay Area, that's like the first thing I think of. This guy right. in this 5.0 Mustang that just shreds tires. Oh yeah, there's I mean there's a lot of them, and there you'll be you'll be driving over the Bay Bridge, and you'll see somebody just stop and had a sideshow right there. There's you know burnout marks in the middle of the bridge, in the middle of 
intersections. They do it all over the place. It's like freaking shenanigans out here, bro. My foreman said I have two ladders. I don't need someone at the bottom of my ladder. He taught me to do everything quickly as we're more productive. Exactly. You're hanging double the pipe. Yeah. And then I just have someone <clears throat> looking at me like a puppy dog all day. Yeah. I, okay. Well, the, one of the other frustrations like that I would run into is there's some guys out there that they'll say they're doing a, a finished TI, right? And they'll, they'll pull a measurement. They'll call it out. Or their fit or their apprentice will go cut it for them, and they'll just sit there and wait, wait, twiddle their thumbs, no. wait in front of the. I'm like, you're not, you're not over here pulling this plug. I go right to the next one, get the next measure. Soon as apprentice comes yeah. back, he's got two new measures to go get. Sometimes maybe even four. Right. Kid, keep this shit going. Right. Hurry I'm up. Off that's what my apprentice. That's what my foreman did. Just tell me a, uh, like a drop size or any kind of measurement. I'll go cut it, and then boom. His his job is to go cut what you tell him, and your job is to have him a brand new measure or two when he comes back with what you just told him to cut. And it's just boom, 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 boom. But, or if you want to be really efficient, you bang out a couple texts. So I'll send him down with two, three measures, and then I'll go measure everything else, label them, and I'll just send him in a big text. And then he's down there just working. That machine is just running, and then I'll just go and retrieve what he's got, start putting him in, and he can bring the rest to me after. Yeah, I mean, I felt like there was a couple different you know, camps on that. In the beginning, we would go through, if we had a hundred heads, we'd go through, we'd lay out all of them and maybe it'd take a day or something to get all the measurements. And so then the fit, the apprentice just sitting there cutting the whole time. And so it's like, all right, that's cool. You got all the layout done, but then the first day you're not really getting anything done. Like you're not per se, you don't have any heads installed. And so then my boss had taught me, he's like, Hey, work off of two ladders, go up, pull this plug, pull that measurement, call it out, your apprentice will go cut it. Then you go to the next one, you pull that plug, pull that measurement. When he comes back with this one, you install the first one while he goes and cuts the second one. And then back and forth and back and forth. And if you do that, then you're productive all day long from the second you get on the job site. And I found that I actually did more heads per day that way than when I just laid them all out first. You know, but like there's some guys that just sit there one measurement at a time and they don't know how to do takeouts and you know i would like if i'm piping from here down over this way that way this way over here i'm pulling every single measurement at one time yeah. and cut it once and install it all at once and so it's just transferring measurements it's doing takeouts you know what i mean and there's a lot of guys that don't do that no they, so they, they say they need they need the piece to get their next measure I'm yeah, like, what the fuck this. are you talking no. about you no, need the piece it's, fucking, it's, it's a fucking oh nine you know what the fucking big it is what do you need it for <laughs> yeah, it's like they didn't understand the concept of starting in one place and figuring out how many fittings you have from here to here, how many, you know, how far you're going down. Like, they just didn't know how to calculate, how to do that. baby. I'm glad my dad taught me that way, and he taught me how to do my math. Like, I actually would mark it out with a crayon or a pencil. I would write out the fraction, literally. Taught, that's how – I never understood <laughs> how to do it in school. Literally, I never got it in school. And then I started doing this, and my dad showed me how to do the takeouts, and all of a sudden I could do them like that. Because oh, I open tape yeah. getting called out to the West Coast, best coast. We're growing over here in the Cali chapter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is, it's listen, true. there's a lot of you Cali true, guys. Way this, more. Listen, I'm still not coming over there. Hey, we've had one <laughs> guest from Atlanta. One, 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 one guy. A, you're the hottest thing Atlanta's got, dude. There's nothing else going on down there. It's nothing, nothing, gang activity, yeah. dope and tape. 
That's right. <laughs> Cali. So what isn't Cali like Cali's gonna drift off soon, isn't it? Like it's, you guys are gonna drift off to the say, ocean bro. and uh and that's it. We're like and you're no longer USA. You're See you later. Right now, but I wouldn't be surprised, man. See you later. The, <laughs> yeah, with all the debauchery and crazy freaking stuff going on out of here, I wouldn't be surprised if it falls off the ocean. Boo hoo, Brian. <laughs> I'm in the valley, right? So I have like some kind of mountains or hillsides between me and the Bay Area. So I'm like an hour and a half from the Bay Area. So Bay Area. I feel like if, it, if there's a tsunami or something, it's not going to make it to me, but it'll wash them out. You but go, Jay. Get... Teach him, son. Yeah. Oh, is this Pops? <laughs> Who said that? Is Michael that Harrison. <laughs> Yo, what up, Pops? <laughs> you taught him That's well. Awesome. Look at he's famous hey, now. He taught me everything I know, man. That's the best way to learn is from the old man. Yeah. Yeah, my father taught me. Hey, hit the subscribe button for me, would you? And the like button. Boom, boom. Yeah. I already told him to do that. <laughs> we appreciate you, Pops. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Keep no, he's fun, man. He talks a lot New of York, trash. Mass, Atlanta, Cali, West Virginia, <laughs> so my Canada. Dad. We got like, I know. we probably it's got someone from every that. state, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll have to go back it's and make a chart of where everybody's from every episode. We got 77 now, or 70. I think we might have. 77 76 76 77 yeah i saw that uh earlier we did a typo in the 60s but we recovered it's all right nice <laughs> i probably could have got away it. without telling anybody but you know i gotta i gotta <laughs> i gotta own up to it <laughs> right right 495 i see 494 tom oh let me refresh let me refresh kid 495 so 500 go. 500 subscribers um we are going to do a a giveaway. It's Steve, cool. I think we're gonna do several Steve things. Steve from LRJ is gonna send somebody a pair of Brunt boots, and we're probably gonna send somebody. We're probably gonna send another winner. Um, somebody else will probably get some tools. I think some Brunt, some uh, yeah, dope and tape gear oh. and some tools. Ryan, how are they? Like, I think we'll do a pouch. What do you say? You guys both talk at the same time. Oh, sorry. Does does you did that little unboxing of those Brunt boots the other day? How how are those? They're good. I like them. So I got lined, and then um, Bobby has unlined. But see, also I got both. Bobby's I got also both. been. Yeah, he's been. Um, he's been wearing his boots for about a hundred days now on the job. Oh, nice. Yeah, I have like a set a pair of Wolverines, which I think are super comfortable. Wolverines look, are great. Just, yeah, and then I got a pair of Carhartts, which I like too, but. I think the Wolverines are more comfortable for I like sure. Them un- I, I like them unlined. Yeah, I was looking at those and I was curious if I should try those out or not. I, I recommend if you're going to get some, get unlined. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, that's, yeah, that's how I'm Well, it depends on the climate. Yeah, you're in right. California. So it's the hot. Line, it's like 105. The, today. the lined yeah, ones. Really want, they're a little warmer. Oh, yeah. See, I don't want to be sweating. My feet sweat anyway, so. Yeah, now I wear them all the time because I ride them when I run my Harley, and uh, I, I pretty much wear mock toes every day. Damn. I don't even wear my tennis shoes that often anymore. These babies smell good. I'm like a boot guy all the time. Shout out to Brunt. Use code uh, DNT10. Yeah, Use code DNT10 to save $10 off of 60 or more at Brunt.com. So when did you transition from the field to office? So let's see, back in 20... 16 um the guy who was being who's our superintendent he did it for a few months and was like no nah, this ain't for me i don't want to do it <clears throat> and so my uh our branch manager at the time he had 
offer the job to this other guy and I actually kind of threw a fit about it, to be honest with you. I was kind of a prima donna at that moment. And I was like, hey, man, you didn't even like think about your boy. You didn't even, you know, offer it or whatever. And then because I showed the hunger and um, the drive for it, he ended up giving it to me. So I got to be a superintendent for a year. And, and you know, obviously that's like my first experience of like all the weight is on your shoulders, the way they oh, looked yeah, at it, sure. like, you know everything that goes wrong is your fault. You know what I'm saying? And, um, so that was kind of hard to adjust to at first, uh, because in my head, I'm like, well, this guy's an idiot. And if he failed to do this, that's on him. But I had to learn to take that responsibility. And that was kind of my, besides just running a job and being responsible for my apprentice and how that job goes, I just now am responsible for <laughs> 20 guys. And so it was like all of their bull crap just kind of came along with it. And so it really, taught me to uh to own it you know what i mean and and one of the things they used to say that crap rolls uphill not downhill so all the field crap would roll up to me and then i'd have to take the heat for it so uh, i was grateful for that opportunity there and then um i wasn't how, actually, you there? how old six, yeah how uh, long were you in? so i was 36 and then how long were you in that role so I did that for a year, and then um, what had happened, this was a multi-trade company. They do uh, mechanical, plumbing, electrical. Actually, that was the last time I worked side-by-side side in the dead. Um, he, uh, uh, yeah, so they they did all, all these different trades, MEP trades and everything, and they were doing sprinklers for a long time. Well, they were kind of at the point where, for some reason, they didn't want to do sprinklers anymore, so... After I got the opportunity to be the superintendent there, they decided to close up the sprinkler side. And so the guy who was running that uh, division got a job with this other company and he brought me over there. Um, and he said, Hey, I'm going to open up a Sacramento office. Why don't you come over, help me get these jobs done. You can run the field. You're going to have to install them for a while too. And then once we grow, you could pull back and just run the guys. Well, we did that for six months or so. And then he had a falling out with the boss and he split. Yeah. So he split. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm only here because you came and then now I'm stuck here. So he took off and went and did something else. And I kind of renegotiated with the owner and said, like, I don't want to do, I don't want to turn branches anymore. Like I want to, I want to keep growing. I want to move up to the next spot. And so they had brought me in and let me start to learn how to be a PM. So I did that for about a year there and I was going to suck it up and just see kind of where it led, even though that wasn't what my plans were. Um, I ended up getting a call from a guy who I only met one time who needed a, uh, a sales guy out of their Bay area office. And it was just an offer that was way better than what I had. And I right. wanted to get to that point anyway. So I was like, makes sense. Right. So <clears throat> that was, uh, 2018, uh, yeah, December 2018, I went over there and they kind of showed me from the beginning, like, you know, what their procedure was and how they go through and, you know, how to interpret the plans. Like, because I don't know if you guys could relate, but when we were in the field, I didn't understand how to navigate through a full building plan set. Like, I, I'm used to seeing sprinkler plans, reflected ceiling plans. 496, maybe. baby. Nice. You know, I, I was only familiar with the stuff that really applied to me, which is like the, the RCP plans and stuff. And so I didn't really know what to look for, which pages to bid off of. So they kind of showed me 
to which pages they would go through to really understand, you know, where you need to spot all your heads. And so I would go through first and I'd start marking out all my heads just based on, you know, whatever, uh, whatever that room is, if it's light hazard, I knew what my spacing could be. So I, at that time I was doing it with a scale and colored pencils and I'd go through and old school you know, mark. Yeah. Mark out all my heads. And then I take that and then, uh, you know, plug it into an Excel sheet. And I was basically using numbers that they gave me kind of, Hey, we were about this many hours per head on this. And then this much material per head on this. And it was all kind of stuff that I didn't know what it cost. I just knew it what sounds it very time consuming. It was. And so I knew what it took yeah. to install it, but let's go. Eric. Taught me, I learned that way and Eric knows their formulas and stuff. And then now I do, I use Bluebeam. So spot all, to spot all my heads and, and pull all my, do all my takeoffs and stuff. And I have a bunch of symbols. Now with, soft, with that software, you can also add in piping and then it calculates that material cost as well. Yeah. Right? So the way I do that is I use um, their poly length tool and I can, you know, do one whole run of branch lines and I could copy and paste it and paste it and paste it, you know, I'll pull all my measurements in between. And then I could do a legend. It'll give me all my linear feed. I, I got blue beam kid. I just be yeah. looking at Bluebeam. I don't be designing on it. <laughs> no, that's that's all I use for viewing plans. Right. How I'm... hot is it in the crock pot right now, Bry? No, it's pretty cool because I have the I got the house to like sixty nine and I oh. got the doors open. Oh, yeah. Maybe you, you just got some, you just got some. The wife's sun. out with the girls tonight, so I can do whatever. You must have got a little bit of sun today because your face looks like you're hot. You do like red. <laughs> Looks like you're burning. No, well, up. over the weekend I went to a winery. Took my wife and and her sister to a winery. And uh, and I was I was pretty upset because I set a I set our reservation a month ahead, and I was like, "Hey, I want a corner uh, table outside under the shade, you know, this, this, this." I get there, and they're like, "We don't take reservations." I was like, "You're kidding me!" <laughs> and and then and I was like, "What is this?" Because I got you know I got a text message that it was confirmed, she, and then she was like, "Oh, that's a that's a reservation." I was like, "Is that you?" She's like, "Oh yeah, that's us." I was like. Well, all right, what are we doing here? Has this been like a month, <laughs> a freaking month? So nice. then the manager said, oh, well, we do reservations, but we don't, you can't really have a table. I was like, I reserved this thing a month ago. <laughs> so, so they do I do the reservations, but they don't do it. I don't get it. Yeah, I know. It was, it was, the guy didn't care at all. So the best I could get out of him is a corner table outside overlooking the vineyard. Direct sunlight. Half the Sun table right was, yeah, yeah. So half the table was in the shade, and then the other half was in the like sun. And you know, there's no way I'm gonna get the girls to sit in the sun. Like that's right. that's what yeah. the man does. We suffer. Exactly. You know? No exactly. one cares about us. So I'll sweat for so you, baby. Don't worry. I was there cooking, dog. Oh, cooking. Beast Coast, baby. Damn, we yeah, got a lot of got lot of West Coasters in there. there it's huh? like forty. 45% humidity over here, like 105 right now. It's pretty hot to me. But. So so something I kind of do, uh, like if I'm doing, That's hot. If, I'm, if I'm adding in like branch lines and I'm doing, especially if I'm doing a main, if I'm doing, if I'm doing the whole deal, I'll put it in Procore estimating. And I'll, yeah, I'll I've never I'll, used I'll that. It. So it's the same software as yours, sort of. Um, it's just a little different. It's just what I have with my company that's free, right? So if I have Procore, I can do it, that? So. Well, so we got, okay, uh, so no, we it's a, a separate spot. You so have to Procore pro has an estimating right? software. You mm -hmm. got to pay for like the – does that come with the Pro account? 
yeah yeah and then it's a separate like software that's okay. estimated we, but i'm not saying that that's the best it. or not but I, i've yeah. never used yours um I've been but curious. this is that's what i yeah, use i like it right i got one buddy who he he taught himself how to design so he uses auto sprink and then he just does kind of a generic kind of layout in auto sprink when he bids and then he pulls a, a bill of materials out of that and gets it quoted. That's how he does it every time. For me, I I will nut and bolt a bid if it's like a warehouse or something. I will nut and bolt every single coupling, lag bolt, hanger ring, you name yeah, it. Some, if that is from start to finish, for sure, I'm doing that. Because the, well, for me, all you're those, listing everything. Warehouses, yeah. I do for warehouses. Everything but hangers. Because, because they're they're such a tight market where I have to be spot on and so like your average job i'm not i'm not nothing bold now i have kind of a number per head for each type whether it's cpvc or steel or do you do a lot um, of warehouses uh i have i don't do a lot now but i'm i supposedly got a couple on the bubble we'll see um there's have you seen the victolic um it's a firelock it's a series fl so it's the, the esfr that's yeah uh, that's grooved yeah so yes, you so that? IGS, it's IGS coupling. So um, the company I was with before, I landed two, um, let's see, like a six or four system and a six or seven system ESFR building with the fire pump. And I bid both of those with IGS couplings, but they did it after I left. And so I wasn't even there. I'm still friends with their superintendent. So IGS, he told me all yeah. Did it so, save time? I would imagine it saved time. We did there and actually oh, got them for a good price because there was like three thousand of them or something and so they gave us a really comparable price a big and, fucker in here and then uh tyco has their rapid install where if you get their outlet you can it's a hand tight head it's got a gasket on it where you just basically hand tight real quick and then you just use this one tool to straighten it out and that's it so yeah i haven't seen those yeah, yeah those that's yet. a new thing right i still feel like grabbing a head and just tightening one bolt really quick, I feel like that's got to be faster than hand tightening the head and straighten it out. For sure. So I, I'm sure. leaning. I used to be a Tyco guy because my previous company, that's all they did was Tyco everything. Uh, but the last six, seven years, I've been more Victolic leaning because all the suppliers that the companies I was working with, that's what they use. So I try to bid with their stuff with, the uh, you know, reliable like if i'm doing uh multi-family i'll use their corridor sprinklers the uh i uh what you call those the lt56 quarters heads that can go up to 28 feet spray you seen those i did that Fire is cool look. yeah it's so amazing been, all the new stuff that they're coming out right yeah it's yeah. like they didn't have none of this crap when i was you know when i was in the field and it's like all the cool stuff like you guys showed i seen that uh adjustable concealed wrench is sweet you know what i mean like a lot of things that we just didn't have the luxury of if anybody's wondering what we're talking about the igs i'm not about to uh i'm gonna screen share it real quick for oh everybody, cool, cool. For everybody to see it. yeah no i like those i i'm to oh. me we, we me and my dad can attest to when we were doing it the old-fashioned way um we were just crushing just, wrenching it. i, I yeah. don't know i think i feel like a lot of people are going to put the impact on that thing they do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I actually asked the uh, Victolic. Um, Can you? I think he was. Yeah. yeah. So I asked him. He sent it. me the cut sheets. He recommended uh, a drill. And I was like, bro, listen, they're not going to use a drill. <laughs> like, they're not. You got to impact. You're hitting the impact. And then I was like, I Is need to look Is the impact going to rattle that bulb? 
I, that's a good question, but I haven't heard of that yet. But they do but give see, you he told me he told me he could. Uh, he could. Now I'm not gonna yeah. say names of, of which Victolic guy did it. It was just a it was like a product expert, but I was like, I need to know, can he use a drill? He said he came back at me like a couple of days later and he's like, Yes, you can use the impact, but I recommend a drill. Well, because you're not yeah. rattling it, right? If you use yeah. a drill, put it in the high torque setting, and then get it. Clutch, yeah. That would work just as fine, I'm sure. But so you showed the here. standard sprinkler head, but they also have a ESFR for yeah. warehouses. So I so going back to I, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's how I, I would I would bid with those right now. That's how I got a couple on the bubble that I might be getting. That's how I figured to do them. Um, you know, the 009 couplings, I'm figuring just, you know, anything that'll that'll save time for sure. Time. We, we didn't have that luxury when we were doing it. We were just, you know, we got our hands really quick and I got to be able to learn to install them pretty fast. But um, it'd be nice to just go up there, tighten it up once and be gone. So I definitely would uh, appreciate that if I was a fitter now. I never had the pleasure to install it. But you, you, that. you like that one? Yeah. Yeah, so you have to get the IGS outlet with that. You can't use a standard outlet. Um, that's a specific one. Same with the Tyco. If you, the rapid install has a specific outlet that's shorter and it's meant for the gasket, and this one is specifically meant for that coupling. So I'm gonna just hammer that bolt until the bulb until something happens to the bulb. I think it's just gonna rattle <laughs> the seat. It's not gonna rattle the seat off if someone's just fucking going hammer town to that thing. What they do is they give you a bit for that, and you're supposed to tighten it up from the other end, the, the uh, Allen, the Allen side. Oh, oh, so you cut the yeah. Allen off, and then you put it in the half inch drill, and you just. No, well, no, they give you a bit that's meant for the Allen, so you're supposed to tighten it from the Allen wrench side. Oh. I think that's the way those work. And I, the, when they when you buy those couplings, they give you the bit for it. It's an Allen wrench. Okay, gotcha. I got so, you. Yeah, so the ad relocate. Uh, I want to ask you about this, kind of how you do it. So, if I have an ad relocate job, let's say it's a, let's say it's a hibachi place in a strip center, right? I got to ad relocate, let's say twelve heads, right? Um, or same scenario but bigger. Let's say it's like fifty heads. Ad relocate. Right. I'm not moving branch lines. Um, I just do between one hundred seventy-five to two hundred dollars a head. First head that I'm doing off the blueprints is 10 foot. After 10 foot, it's eight foot. And then I just, I do it. Boom, boom, boom. Add it all up. Add my design costs. I add my permit costs. And and then uh, add, add a little bit of time for project management. And I rock and roll. Okay. So, uh, so I, some buddies that kind of do it that way too, kind of set pricing. Uh, for me personally, what I do is I'll get my head count, right? Um, my base bid is always assuming just, add or relocate right no no branch line modifications anything like that and so i will take where in my estimate sheet that i use i have a spot where i you know i have a spot for upright spot for pendants and i could specify which type they are then i put a quantity and then i put my dollars here which you know whatever it's going to be 55 bucks ahead 65 bucks ahead, and that's supposed to cover your arm over your hanger your drop everything and your discussion and then next to that column i have a box where I could plug in if I want to do an hour. Let's say it's, let's say the, the pipes at 13 feet and the ceilings at 10 feet and I can do it start to finish in one shot through the grid. Then I'll probably do, I'll probably bid it like an hour ahead. And so when I do that, it'll, 
it'll auto populate at the bottom and it'll give me a total number of hours. And then I plug that hours into my labor box at whatever my labor cost is. And then when it's all said and done, there's another category on my estimate sheet that'll spit out my cost per head, my hours per head, my cost per square foot, which I can plug in the square feet and everything. It'll give me every metric you can think of, how many heads per day, um, total overall material cost per head, like any way you can think of to measure that estimate, I my estimate sheet does that. <clears throat> and so I kind of do it that way. I don't do a set number. I do it based on, okay, well, if it's 20 feet tall and I need a lift, I'll plug in my lift cost in this column over here. And then I'll say, okay, I have to rough in and do finish work. So maybe I'll do an hour rough or 1.25 hours for rough and then 0.5 for finish or 0.25 for finish, whatever. And so I'll, I'll figure it that way, but depending on the height of the building. And so obviously a tall building or you're doing a TI in a warehouse, I'm going to need more labor than I would a office building where my pipes at 13, 14 feet. And so that's kind of how I figure it. But for me, it, and I'll be honest out here, bro, it's, it's expensive. You're going to be uh, with the, our union fitters make more than anybody else in the country. And so yeah. most TIs are going to fall in the like 400 to $550 per head range, honestly. So it's wow. expensive. We're right yeah. there. We're right there with, uh, who are you judging us off of LA? LA, San Diego? Uh, this is Bay Area. Yeah. So yeah. like our local 483 guys are making a grip <laughs> like yeah what are they 100 they're like 110 or 115 uh, on their check they're like 82 for a foreman and then their full package is like 110 120 or something so. yeah we're right there with them but we're non-union and we're looking at like low-end fitter foreman is 25 and i would say high-end would be 35 really yeah so i think our the in the valley you're probably high 30s to 40 ish and then the bay area for non-union they're probably low to mid 40s for non-union is what in their apprentice you you gotta be like a sprinkler jesus you know in order to get really here yeah <laughs> yeah that's just the market because if you look at uh 669 fitters the the road fitters they cover all of like the valley northern california southern california besides 709 does the la county and then 483 is us which is all nine bay area counties the 669 covers everything else and so most companies try to that i've seen their labor is in line with like the 669 fitters and so they're they're, they're only like 45 you know so they make way less than the bay area fitters do so um so you know it uh it's to to compete like you know i mean some people want to be kind of close to them because otherwise what's the to, to try to keep guys from joining the union, you want to try to be What's kind it, of in the yeah. ballpark. But that's the if ballpark, you're in the Bay yeah. Area, nobody's going to pay what the Bay Area uh, fitters make because they make just a grip of money. I wish I wish I was the Bay Area. Fitter, Steve honestly. wants to know if you would share your sales sheet. I have some that yeah. does that same. I would like to compare it. Steve is yeah. A, I mean, a, it's a like I said, you can. Uh, I can show you. I, I I'll, I'll I'll share it for sure. Um, I'll just make it blank and then I could kind of walk them through. Hey, I plug in. You know, this, yeah. this metric here, this, 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 and you plug in those things and then you change the margin over here on this side. But that one box lip gives you a full picture of, you know, you can even, I have one set up for warehouses where it'll tell me how many sticks of pipe I need to install per day on average, just to make to your make buddy, your margin. buddy Terry's here. Terry, what up? 
He says that's that's a, he said that sounds like our old estimate sheet. It that. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Terry, uh, that, he was my old branch manager at uh, my previous company. <clears throat> Love that guy. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, good that's shit. cool. I'm, I'm glad he jumped on. Thanks I for shared joining. it with a number of people and told them come check it out. And I was like, hey, you know, if you don't jump on live. Please watch it afterwards. Give the boys some love. Yeah, you know? we appreciate that. We appreciate everybody. We got 496 yeah, subscribers. We we're, were like at 470 for a while. We started talking about it. I appreciate you guys we're doing a giveaway at uh, subscriber 500. 500. You know, we're going to pick somebody, give some things away, boots, some tools. Don't forget to hit the like button. If you want to get any of the Dope and Tape merch, it's at the top of the screen above these guys. You can see the website. And uh, yeah, we appreciate y'all. For sure. Yeah, so whoever that guy was, if you guys want to give him my info, um, I'll, yeah, we'll I'll share yeah. That's yeah, Steve. He'll no, with us and we'll yeah. share it with you. Yeah. There's no proprietary info on there anymore. As long as I take all the labor rates and stuff off, they can put in whatever they want. Yeah, he's a he's a sprinkler company owner, so he's you know he's got he's got a sheet that sounds very similar. He just wants to compare it and see, yeah. see which one's better. I, I can't take credit for it. There's another guy uh, that I worked with before that created the sheet, and hats off to him because he's a smart cat. So yeah, I just tweak it. it. I share the wealth. Added my own. I added the the column where it's like um, where you put all your head counts and stuff. I added the column next to it where I could put the exact hours per head for each type next to that. I added that to the sheet and then I added some other things on the main box that kind of shows you all the different metrics, how many heads per day, all that kind of stuff. I added some things to it to make it. So it's, uh, it's it's improved so i'm like stri obviously strictly uh, an install guy so from a sales perspective i was told like the old myth was that like it's a thousand dollars for the first head and it's 250 for every head after that it it varies yeah so if you're if you're doing if you're doing five heads right you're probably going to be it's going to be a lot to make to get you know plans permits all that in there you're probably well over a thousand i've been uh, as high as like three or four thousand dollars for just a few heads each like probably nine grand for me my minimum on a little ti with plans and permits is like nine grand it's it's probably right about there um oh, I if i you. don't do plans and permits i could get down to you know four or five but by the time you add all that in there with fees and everything that's for our rates that's just what it is yeah, if i was non-union i could get down yeah i was a lot cheaper i was in the couple hundred two 250 ahead maybe sometimes 300 when I was non-union, but up here, it's right. just, we look at a lot of lab spaces and stuff and there's things that are just <clears throat> a little more uh, of a headache, a lot of things you need to take. So I got a good question. What's, how, what's the main way that you guys are finding things to actually put a bid onto? So honestly, uh, I don't really chase anything. Um, we're, we're signed up on building connected on Procore, on smart bid on, uh, so there's like pro, there's like programs where people know that all you... those all those platforms that people can people bit or uh, GCs will go on there and they'll put up okay this is a bid we're or a job that we're bidding on and it's this whatever it's called and they'll put all the bid docs on there the due date all the de the specs every all the details and then they'll send it out to whoever is on the they can send it out to everybody they can send it out to yeah. five ten people they know whatever and so. People just constantly, I get bid invites every day. Some people are repeat, obviously. There's a lot that I never bid to uh, that I see bids from all the time. So I have, there's no lack of opportunities there. It's just a matter of, hey, do I want to chase this? Is this a good fit for me? I'm not of the mindset of, 
bit everything that comes across my desk. Um, I know some people are, and they feel like just the law of averages, you're, you're bound to get something, but uh, I feel like a real waste of time. Yeah. If it's the Starbucks down the street and I'm a union company, I am not going to bid it because I'm never going to win it. Right. So there's certain things I just know I do not have a chance at. I'm not going to waste my time on it. Right. So I try yeah. to go out the things that are fit for union companies, prevailing wage jobs, those kind of things. And uh, there's certain GCs that they only do union work basically. And so I know if it comes from this number of companies, whoever they are, that it's going to be stuff that I can compete with, you know, and there's some, there's some areas where um, I might be able to get close. Um, there, I think once or twice I've beat a non-union company, uh, but I was like really going after it hard and, I didn't get it, but they use my number. With the, that GC Do you guys have team. anything like market recovery in the for the locals? Yes. That you can grab yeah. from to, to, to yeah. compete. Right. Yep. So we do have that. Um, I, we don't. I don't really look to it that often. Um, but on some of the big ones, sometimes you know we use it um, where, when we can. Uh, yeah, we, we try not to. We pay into we try that. Not to talk about it. I don't obviously tell the customers that. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> It's it's not illegal, but you know, eh, it's a gray area. Right yeah. here. <laughs> like market but, recovery, know, baby. We're trying, we're trying, yeah. to, we're trying to uh, compete, baby. We're trying to compete. Yeah, keeps your guys busy. That's I get it. It's like, hey man, they're willing to loan you some money essentially uh, to keep some guys working, and so I, I understand the reason for it. So I've only I got a couple jobs with it um, going currently, but I, I don't try to chase it that often. Steve says that his biggest one was. Twenty-two thousand five hundred for four sprinklers. What? Twenty-two thousand for four heads. Damn, bro. Okay, so I got. Let me see. I just what? sold one. I just sold. No, I did six heads for for nineteen seven yesterday. So that's that's high, man. And that's so, what gets the, what gets the number up? Like, there's a bunch of elbows, or it's like a no, up area. Uh, it was so this this one is for a company called Super Micro, and they're they're a big like data type center they have servers and all kinds of crazy stuff and they got all kinds of money and they're constantly building stuff and they just aren't um they're not very picky on the price so they just want somebody that's going to get in there and get it done and so there's certain people you know you, you can get some premiums and uh they know you're going to do a good job there's trust in there right. there's trust in there involved yeah. with that price you're, paul says your average your average company you ain't gonna get that and i don't even try paul yeah. says if it's good for the customer it's good for the technicians it's good for the company in that order it's a good job damn paul, <laughs> damn, paul. yeah fucking, fucking hit us with it paul yeah wow right, right, yeah well, was it wow. ready for that one exactly. <laughs> so i do the i do the same thing um but i do not get into the to the whole bidding war and i don't get into like the pool of jobs I uh, I do have some relationships with some um, GCs, and then they'll call me, ask me if I want something, and I ask them if they want it. Like, do you already have it? Do you win it? Like, if you don't win yeah. it, then I don't want it. Like, I don't want to waste my time. You, you win it? And then uh, the other stuff is mostly from uh, relationships for, through uh, doing inspections and services right. over the years, and they'll call me. So, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't get in the pool game. I feel like it's a waste of time. Uh, numbers it, wise it, it, you can right so like i can uh there's times where it's like i know a guy who puts out 65 million dollars roughly a year in bids to win seven eight or nine million so he just bids everything and it's just 
averages, right? You're going to get it eventually. And he, I don't try to take that approach. I take, I'm a little more choosy on what I bid. I'm probably putting out 30 to 45 million a year to get five, six million in sales, something like that. So it just depends. I'm trying to bid even less so I can focus more attention on project management um, because that right now I, I PM everything I sell. So it gets to be hectic, right? And you're trying to stay on top of it. I like that. I like, this, I like the sales guys, the PM. We do that. Yeah, because well, I'm invested in it and I want to see exactly. I know, like, we're giving our guys a good product. And being that I came from the field, I'm thinking of it in the field aspect. So I want to make sure their forming plans have all the dimensions. They're clean, easily, you know, very legible. They're neat. And they have all the information that they do need and none of the information they don't need. Like I want to do whatever I can to make their life easier because they are my most expensive cost. Right. Yeah. So I don't care what's best for me. I don't care what's best for my design team. I care what's best for them because they're going to for make the fitters, team. baby. Is that how you do That's it? Right. right. I agree. Yeah, we're gonna make. Yeah, I project job. manage my own jobs. You project yeah. manage. I just so, pop in. Yeah, I always they thought. Call me. I always thought that was a way that like the companies were saving money, like they didn't want to hire project managers and sales guys. But I guess it, maybe that's just a common thing. The well, sales guys, the project manager. Yeah, I want to know. Yeah, if you have somebody that's solely, I mean, like the company I was with had a full time PM, and I they did it their way. Like they were at a different branch though, like where I was with Terry. We. We PM'd everything that we sold. So, um, but I feel like you get somebody else in there as long as you do a good handoff to them and they jump right in and they're a fast starter or whatever. Then I feel like they it could be beneficial. But um, they just would rather us be invested in it from start to finish, right? I I came up with this. This is my number. This is what I was thinking, and it's up to me to try to put the pieces in place to try to do it for that price, right? Whatever it takes. You know, how can we improve? What can, where can we save money here? How can we make it more productive for the guys in the field? Whatever it is, it's like I'm trying to get it done for that price. Whatever it is, I like to that. I like to yeah. hang pipe on delivery day. Right? No, I do too. Like a it's lot sometimes. of I, you see a lot of guys no. like they want they want to unload the truck and and organize and this like no dude like find me the fucking first piece and an elbow with the next piece and I'm gonna set in a corner and you guys you are like gonna run it. One guy's yeah. gonna shuck it out and fucking look through it. We're not all just gonna fuck. Yeah. We're not fucking take all of us to organize. We're hanging half of this shit today, yeah. boys. No, and another reason why I uh, project managers too is I do majority of pretty much everything. Yeah, pretty much everything based on a relationship. And I want to be like yeah. deep in it to keep that relationship going. Right. And, and that thing, uh, that people who just bid, 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 there, there is zero relationship going on. And, that, well, see, and you yeah, can't call them and be like, hey, I need this one. Just a number thing. This one, you right. know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to get to that point where a guy's like, hey, I'm trusted. He knows I'm going to do a good job for him. It's negotiated work or whatever. I'm trying to develop most of those. So like when I came over here, I've only been with this union company for a year and a half now. So it was a whole okay. new customer base for me. Yeah. And so still I went from the, on the block. <laughs> yeah. So it took me a minute to like, I'm still trying to find my place and develop relationships. And it's just, that's a little more cut, cutthroat out here in the Bay Area. There's there it's less on a handshake. It's not like the good old boys club up in Sacramento like it was when I started. And so you just it, it's just you got to be on your game. Yeah, it, it matters if you're um, it matters if you have a good relationship and they like you and you're 
responsive, but at the end of the day, if the number ain't there, they're still going to go with the low bidder most of the time. That's you know, it. that's what I... Old Florencio's yeah. trying to fucking say bye to us. Damn, kid. Who? Oh, it's He's ten, like, it's you're, ten past. You're, you're in an hour and ten minutes, suckers. You're cutting in the dinner. The Ohio time. law. <laughs> the Ohio law is handle it once. Hey, oh, I that's it tough. Nice that's we, tough, Paul. Nice because we do it twice. That's what I heard. <laughs> like, I, so I do, I do get what he's saying with handling the pipe. Like you, you pick it up off the truck, you put it on the floor. That's once. Then if you got to move it, that's twice. And you put it in the air, that's three times. Handling right. it once is fucking rare. I think you gotta. Well, most people you like you, handling truck, it twice. I want to handle it twice. I want to get it from the truck right. onto the floor. Thank it goes you. on. Yeah. But then you're gonna have to have somebody kind of organize it a little bit. I'll get a pipe tree yeah. and I'll have them shake it out on the pipe tree. And right. then so I'm really handling it, handling it three times. I think. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, you gotta have all your hangers up and just grab. All right, piece A, and just fucking right up the ladder, Paul. Yeah, it's right. This is a little hard to do it one time. I'm here till I, eight. I Keep me entertained, boys. It, it's fucking it, ten. As little as possible, you know. And then when you're in that area, you want to do it complete. Put the hanger and make sure your heads are in. If you got a line restraint, put your line restraint on. Don't. I hate when guys want to go in. They want to set all their hangers. And then they're gonna go back and they're gonna stuff all their pipe. And they're gonna go back and they're gonna hang it all. You're, gonna you're go going to that same spot there. how many times? Exactly. I want my ladder there once. Right. So it's like get it done as fast as you possible with the least amount of trips you can. That's gonna be the most productive. Not all this going back. I utilize I utilize lasers lasers a lot. Two two line lasers. Yeah. I'll have one on the center where I want it to go. Yeah. And then I have one on the wall horizontal at the center of my, my center line. And then like you don't even need a tape measure. Right. You have no, every measurement you need good, by two bro. by two laser beams. All your rods are cut, and you're just fucking flying. Yeah, I would do that when I was like, it's an you guys never do those knee brackets very much. What is it? You ever use those knee brackets very much? The Tolko makes the one that's like a ninety degree bracket, and you anchor it to the wall, and it's got a U bolt on top. Okay. Yep. So like we would do those a lot in warehouses and stuff, and so I'd always set the first one, use put the laser on there, and you're just bam, bam, bam all the way down. So. Yeah, there's those come in handy for a lot of a lot of things for sure, you know. You know, anything you could do to stretch your tape the least amount of times, you know, the more productive it's yeah. gonna be. Saving time, boy, saving time. All right. I yeah. didn't I didn't even realize it was it was ten past ten. Yeah. That was it. Time flies went, fun, went quick, it went quick. Dude, it was this this went fast. Oh Pacific what, what is it? Really it's fast. seven o'clock in Cali right now? It's seven eleven, buddy. Seven eleven. Yeah. Yeah, I went by real fast, man. I was like, dang. <laughs> That's an Amish thing Paul says. The Ohio law, handle it once. I'm going to try that one time. Hey, you seen those guys, man? You put like 50 guys on this whole top of a barn, and they just lift that sucker up and mm-hmm. set it in place. And they like, just set it down. Bam. They've never, they've never seen Instagram before. <laughs> no, nothing. They got no distractions, Holy man. Holy sure. shit. They're probably efficient as fuck. Oh, oh, you know for sure. I wonder if are, we can man. get a. Uh, I wonder if we can get like a partial Arm- Amish sprinkler fitter on here. Uh, do we have any? How do we find Amish people? How They'd probably be the best fitter you ever had, bro. For That's sure. What I'm saying, bro, it'd be so awesome to talk. Who? All right, who's gonna? Uh, we got two things of homework tonight. If you look at. Amish. We need someone that's a sprinkler fitter that's Amish that knows how to use Zoom that's allowed to use Zoom, and we also, Tommy Howd gave you guys um, homework to. You got to get a map, and you got to put pins on every location that there was a guest on the show, and then uh, and then send me the map. Oh, that'd be sweet, man. <laughs> there you go. So you can see. Hey, make sure you spread the love around. Every time someone, every time someone comes on the show, we add a pin. 
It's gonna yeah, be in, that's gonna be in the new cool. it's gonna be in the new dope and tape cool. studio on on the moon. Yeah, there you go. That'd be awesome, man. Well, Justin, man, appreciate you coming on. It was awesome. Hey, dude, I appreciate it. it was fun I'm hanging excited out for this episode. I'm grateful for the opportunity for sure. You brought us a couple subscriptions, dude. Pops. Yeah, good, yeah, good. thank you. And hey, uh, I. I'm trying to point more people your way, Terry. Sure. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's been great yeah, talking thanks, to you. Terry. Thanks for everybody in the uh, in the chat for joining us. Appreciate you guys. I think that's well, it. Well, uh, we'll you. see you guys. We'll see you yeah. guys uh, next Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Sounds good, gentlemen.